0: Welcome teacher friend. I'm Lori. And I'm Melissa. We are two literacy educators in Baltimore. We want the best for all kids, and we know you do too.
1: Our district recently adopted a new literacy curriculum, which meant a lot of change for everyone. Lori and I can't wait to keep learning about literacy with you today.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Melissa and Lori Love Literacy, Literacy Podcast. Hey, Melissa, how are you doing?
1: Hey, good. How are you? Here we are good of us for a second I know
0: so we have to give a little context because we got so excited recording our podcast today (laughs) that we just dove right in talking about our favorite podcasts with our guest Matt and then it rolled right into the podcast
1: (laughs) so you'll hear us talking about um, the podcast armchair expert and some episodes that we listened to so just yep. so you know where this conversation's going. <laughs> that's oh, as where we're well we
0: Adam Adam Grant podcast. You listened to that upon our recommendation, right? Yeah, well that was Armchair expert, Yep.
1: with uh, Adam Grant.
0: Oh, okay. He is his own. That's why I was confused for a second. <laughs> Makes sense. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so everybody who's listening, you're going to essentially dive into a conversation midstream. A few minutes in, we'll pull back out and give you some context and start yep. the actual
1: literacy Then it'll sound podcast. like a the podcast <laughs> you're used to. <laughs> All
0: right. So enjoy listening, literacy lovers. We'll see you soon. Have fun. And just so you know, I did go back and listen to Barack. It was amazing, that episode. I hadn't listened to that one yet. And immediately I listened to it last week. And I, I listened
1: to the Adam Grant one. <laughs>
2: Good. I can only hope to sound as articulate as they (laughs) they do on their podcast or adam grant he just pulls out the answer you know seriously
1: that man is so smart (laughs) yeah he's
2: very smart
1: very smart
0: oh see we need to we need to go we need to read that we should read it and then we should apply it to education is what we should do
2: have like a podcast i do apply (laughs) it it's my favorite quote in here What is it? Um, Okay. So yet in a turbulent world, there's another set of cognitive skills that might matter more, the ability to rethink and unlearn. Mm -hmm. What I love about that is, is that, you know, you you come in with all this information that you think you've gathered and and you're right. You know, I, 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 you know, think about confirmation bias. You know, you're always searching for somebody that's going to agree with you on what you say. And I think, and, and this relates to the lesson planning and wisdom, you know, the ability to to re, to unlearn what you've learned about planning and why it's effective, and then to think about it a different way. And I think you know, in today's world, you just have to be able to do it. That way. you have to be able to think a certain way um, if you want to make sense with the way with the rate that things change.
1: It actually reminds me of our second podcast of today, <laughs> where they were talking about their fifth graders who like, you know, had this picture of like Native Americans, you know, the Native Americans and pilgrims on Thanksgiving. And then they read Thunder Rolling in the Mountains. And we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is how we treated Native Americans. Like, blow right. <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> Very cool. I feel
0: like we should just, that should just be the beginning of the podcast. I know that we normally do a really great <laughs> intro, but I think we should just start with that quote. Are you going to kill me, Matt, if we, if we
2: just keep that? No, not at all.
0: Okay. So there we go. There's there's the start to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Welcome to Melissa and Lori Love
1: Literacy.
0: <laughs> We're having a different opening today because it's our third podcast of the day. And because we have a fantastic guest who we found out, we all are uh, big fans of Armchair Expert podcast. And so Matt uh, began us with a quote by Adam Grant from, is it Think Again? It's called Think, Think Again. Again, right?
2: again yep. yeah yeah
0: yeah so welcome Matt welcome to the podcast welcome how are you
2: <laughs> I am great it's, I'm so happy to be here and, and talk with you both uh you know this is just you know something I'm very passionate about so I I'm I'm glad we get to talk literacy today and wit and wisdom and and share with everyone uh just the success we've had here at our building
1: yeah, and during your first week of school back right
2: Right, you know that's uh, that's always the best time. No. To do a podcast. no time like the present to just right. jump into
0: an hour, like a, when you have an hour free of your day. It's definitely during the first
1: week of school, right? Oh yeah, as an assistant yeah. principal, yeah, totally. <laughs> All the free deal. time in the world. <laughs> well, thank you so much for making time for us. We appreciate it. Yeah, of course. All right, so Matt, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, like. Who are you? What's going on with Wit and Wisdom where you are? Tell us a little bit.
2: Yeah, so I am the assistant principal at Clayton Elementary. We are a Title I school district, or yeah, Title I school actually in Englewood, Colorado. Uh, This is my fifth year as an assistant principal at Clayton. Um, I have been in education for 15 years and, um, you know, over time have just assumed different roles in uh, both the teaching. Uh, world and um, and through various coaching positions um, and wound up here. Actually, I, I followed my principal from Aurora. Um, she's wonderful to work with and has uh, really been um, an important part of of getting wit and wisdom to our school uh, when we decided on a new literacy program. And we had a lot of choices. We both had experience with this in another district and saw the impact that it had. Um, we were hopeful that our team would agree at our school. And luckily enough, we didn't have to say much where they just saw what the, the program had to offer and what we were doing before and just saw immediately what kind of um, what kind of difference this would make would probably bring to a school like Clayton in that it integrates science, social studies and art. So uh, right now we're in our second year of implementation here and I've taken the lead on that. And uh, and it's just been a lot of fun to see the to see what's been what's been going on in classrooms and and what teachers have experienced using uh, this new ELA curriculum. Um, you know, we're excited this year because last year we we got to to roll it out in a very unique circumstance with COVID and uh, and switching back and forth from remote learning. Um, so we're anxious this year and excited to see the difference that it makes having our students in person the whole time. Uh, with a little bit more flexibility around uh, collaboration and um, and doing some of the the powerful instructional routines that Win wisdom has to offer, um so that's where we're at right now, and uh, as you'd mentioned earlier, it's the beginning of the school year. it's week one. Um, so uh, you know we we haven't got a chance to to really dive into it um, as deeply as we wanted to yet, but um we're we're headed in that direction pretty soon here. Well.
0: I bet you have big plans, (laughs) lots of plans.
2: We do, you know, we, we spent the summer just thinking about all the different ways we could go with the program. And that's one of the great things is that there, there's a lot there. um, And, and the implementation uh, can be, can go on for, for, for years. Um, So you, you know, kind of get to see where your building's at and where your your best next step is. And there's flexibility there. So um, we're just excited that we, Got to spend the summer thinking through that, um, and then uh, and then seeing where where we can go this year with with our plans.
1: Right, so Matt, we actually had one of your teachers on, right, Rachel Arnold.
2: Yeah, so Rachel's our interventionist.
1: That's awesome, and I I remember her talking about you actually and the leadership at the school, and specifically about like how supportive and helpful you all were in bringing the curriculum and. Professional learning that came, that you all led and how how helpful it was. Um, can you talk a little bit about like what was like what was your role in that from the from you know the other side of this story? Sure. <laughs> um, you know what was what was the plan how to to roll out a whole new curriculum with your staff?
2: Well, you know, thinking through how we were going to do it and who was going to lead that work. Uh, you know, this actually. <laughs> was a growth step for me as an administrator, Uh, so I had not taken on really the instructional role as an AP, um, and I've always done really well with culture building, and and I've worked a lot around discipline and behavior and setting expectations for kids and helping teachers with their management of their classroom, Um, so this was brand new for me, and I think what really um, made a big difference is I, I had to do a lot of learning, and so I was very uh, passionate about, um, you know, collaborating and and thinking through steps with other people and and soliciting knowledge from from my staff and um, we have a lot of very experienced teachers here and people and teachers that are very passionate about English language arts um, and Rachel is is one of them and so I was I think that it it helped with the collaboration and that uh, I came in it. It just um, ready to learn and ready to be flexible and listen and really um, and really use the knowledge that's in our building. Um, so for me, as a leader, you know that taught me a very important lesson in just how uh, any time that you're when you're thinking through making a change that that's that's that big and and thinking about how you're gonna help everyone in your building um, be prepared for for that kind of change. Uh, it really comes down to the collaboration and the people that you work with, uh, and listening, taking feedback, and then be ready to to adjust and and be flexible.
1: So, how did it go?
2: <laughs> how was the first year? <laughs> it was, you know, it's it's a blur. But but at the, end of the at the end of the day, uh, I, I I'll say I'll say that we we made we made a lot of changes. It went really well. But well, I'll start there. It went incredibly well. Um, we, we had to make a lot of changes throughout the year. Um, but again, I think what what was the major difference is, is that we event, we realized we have to trust the teachers in our building. It is a it is such a big program. Um, and there's so many different components to it that you can't go into it thinking that you're going to spend two days in the summer. Showing them all the different components of this program and expect them to be experts right away. You yeah. you have to go in and have an open mind and just watch and observe and and allow the, the the your teachers to be creative and and use their expertise to 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 play with the program and to and to have some trial and error and and just have fun with it. And I think that that's that's important um, because if you come down too hard, if you expect all this to happen magically right away. Um, you're setting yourself up for failure. Uh, you just have to be willing to say that's a, to observe and say, that's a great idea. Now, how can we allow others to to see that and, and to know how that works? Um, so that's what I what, what I mean when I say you can you can have a vision and, and you want it to be a successful vision. But um, you also have to be willing to make to make changes and and be ready to share um, some of the great things that are happening with your staff. And maybe go in a different direction. Uh, it's important that you understand that every building is going to be different, and you're going to have different experience as well. Uh, as far as you know, your teachers and their years and their passion. So, um, yeah, for our first year, I, I couldn't say more and, and compliment our entire staff more and just how much they embraced it um, and took a breath and said, "Okay, we're on this ride, and it's exciting and it's scary, um, but but we know we can do it, and we believe in ourselves and each other and Um, and, and it was just so satisfying to see, uh, what it was able to produce with our kids at the end of last year.
0: I'm curious, um, if you can get into some details around what this really looked like with teachers. Um, I feel like you mentioned narrowing the focus a bit and planning long-term, but yet being flexible to reflect and then shift a little bit as needed, so based on what you're seeing in classrooms. So I'm curious if you could elaborate on that a bit more for us.
2: Sure. So last year we right away uh, needed to cut our literacy block down to 60 minutes from what we typically get between 75 and 90 minutes. That being because of hand washing and, um, yeah. and, and narrowing the and you know changing the entire schedule. Um, so when we, when we say narrow our focus, you know, again, going back to all the different components of wit and Wisdom, but looking at what is the major difference between wit and Wisdom and the program that we were using before. And wit and Wisdom is very content driven. It's all about the content. It always goes back to the text. So what we noticed, and when we went into classrooms and we saw high levels of engagement, we noticed that with the kids, it was how the teacher was bringing them into the content that they were learning um, by making the, the text engaging, um, by helping them with uh, building background knowledge and providing visuals and, and doing some exciting things with the text that necessar- weren't necessarily in the lesson plans, uh, but they knew that they had to do something different. Um, and we knew as as a leadership team, we really had to, to change their focus and make it about the content. So what exactly are kids learning about these specific characters, not what are they learning about characters in general? Um, kids are taking that away, right? But when you when you focus on the actual characters in the text, there's a little bit more of an understanding from the students. What, is, what, are, what exactly are we focusing on here? Um, it's, it's directly related to this text that we're reading now. And we've been reading, and we're going to be reading um, for the next several weeks. So the the biggest change in the focus was again letting the content drive the learning, and not focusing on the standards that we start with that are already integrated within the lesson plans. Um, that was the big focus that last year, and so we kept revisiting that and how we how we write targets, how do we um, how do we assess kids, how do we just not how do we not just look at the craft but where where do we see the knowledge that's that's being articulated in in the different um things that they were sharing through discussion or through written work
1: yeah
0: yeah i'm that makes me think about like maybe what had happened in previous practice right like you said you've been at that school for a few years what had been going on in previous either curriculum or pd or both that had led them to focus on that like to really draw them towards standards, I know Melissa and I could probably speak from our experience in Baltimore. Um, we did as like something we like similar. led
1: PD, on, yeah, on the standards. like they, yeah. that was
0: yeah that was on <laughs> standards, but it, we didn't have really curriculum that that showed that. So yeah. um, you know when we transferred to Wit and Wisdom, we were like, oh my gosh, this is this is what we should have had all this time. And um, we felt like we really had fully embraced and understood what the standards meant once we had high quality materials. So I'm curious if your teachers had a similar experience or what you mean by that like
2: transition. Well, we did. We focused a lot on standards. I mean, the backwards planning was all about what are we, what are we teaching kids? Um, and what do we hope they can accomplish in this lesson? But then if they don't accomplish it, why? And so when we're backwards planning and, and, and we're looking at student work and we're saying, well, this kid didn't understand the main idea. Well, you know, why? Why didn't they understand the main idea? Do we just reteach main idea? Or is it just this main idea that they didn't understand? And that's big. I mean, main idea is huge. Uh, you know, that's you can, huge, yeah. I can't understand the main idea of a um, medical text, but I consider myself a pretty strong reader. Um, so it, it, it came down to, to changing that mindset, but then also there's gotta be some teaching that that's done with your, with your staff. And there's also gotta be people kind of processing that and letting that sink in a little bit, because I think with anything, when you're used to doing something for such a long time and you're asked to suddenly change it, then you're, you're curious as to what that looks like. Um, so you, one, have to understand that, um, you know, it might not be as easy to be able to tell whether or not this kid is becoming a strong reader or that they're able to understand complex text. They're going to have a body of evidence over time and maybe not at the beginning do you see this fantastic reader. But once they've spent some time with the content, looked at some of the vocabulary, you start to see these new skills develop and by the end, you see them produce something completely different. Um, Also, again, when it's content related, Uh, you know, you have the opportunity just to see what they're doing with these specific characters and what they're doing with this specific setting um, and how they summarize this text at different points. Um, So you get a lot of opportunities to reassess. So that's another thing where you're not planning to reteach and you're trying to come up with something on the fly, but it's already there for you. It's through that cycle. Um, So Mm -hmm. I think that that's another thing that people saw along the way that Witten Wisdom offers is that you have multiple opportunities to see this kid um, or this student, um, you know, demonstrate their understanding and their learning and 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 what they know about the standards.
1: I think your point is such a good one too, because I mean, we've we've talked about this before, but we haven't talked about it in a while. Of just like ELA is so messy, right? Because like you brought up that example of the main idea, right? But maybe all three of us get a main idea question wrong for this text, but like maybe my reason for that is because I couldn't read it fluently so that got in the way but maybe Matt yours is the vocabulary got in your way and maybe for Lori it was the background knowledge that got in the way right like there's so just because we all got a question wrong it still is like for a teacher hard to know the that why that you brought up but I like that that's the question now instead of just a Okay, well, we'll just reteach main idea again right? because that's not going to help any of us. <laughs> um, so I just I think that's a really a really great place to be, but I can see why it's it's hard for teachers to make that shift because it's it's messy. Yeah, well, I, I actually. Oh, sorry, Matt, go ahead.
2: When you we th- when you think about having to speak to it as well, right? I mean, when when they have to give feedback to a student or to a parent at a conference, and parents are used to hearing. Um, you know, they struggle with comprehension. They don't understand made idea, things like that. So what feedback do you offer now if you're noticing the kid's not quite getting there? So it's not just a change in how you teach, but also in how you give feedback. So it, it's, a, it's a lot to take on. And, and, and fortunately enough, um, they get to repeat that process over and over and over again and, and, and see, um, you know, just how their vocabulary develops around how do you give feedback around this, around this skill.
0: How has, how, like, how has it changed over time? I'm curious, like, what you used to see and now what you see, like, do you feel like that there's been an evolution?
2: Absolutely. So what I, what I'll say is at the beginning, uh, there was, there were a lot of questions and there was, um, you know, a lot of people that just expressed how confusing it was um, to, to try to understand and and do, and do that with with their planning, and I think over time what what is what has been the difference is, you know, we didn't have a ton of time to spend with the, with the text, and particularly like the longer novels that are that you see in fourth and fifth and sixth grade. So going through it once and having that repetition, and then knowing what you did at the end of each module, um, your second go around, you are you are much more prepared or you're going in knowing how to prepare better. So I'll say the preparation uh, has been the biggest change over time. And and that that will be even last year when we we think from module to module. Um, Anticipating just how challenging that end of module task is and the importance of every day looking at your lesson plan and saying, well, what is the important skill that they need to learn in this lesson that's going to transfer over to either answering a focusing question task or an end of module task. Uh, so, you know, there has to be some cutting. You have to know what you need to spend more time on. And then again, this goes back to your classroom as well. You know, if your classroom is great with discussion and, they're, and they can talk about a text all day, but they struggle in writing and the craft, um, then you know where you need to focus and you know where you need to sort to, to plan and, and give them more, um, give more instruction around a, a specific skill.
0: That's really helpful. Thank you for framing that in that way. Yeah. I think because when people hear, like when I heard you say cutting, I was like, ooh, what does that mean to you? But what you mean is like you're uplifting their strengths and being like, okay, they've got this as a strength. So we're going to transfer that time to really spend on some things that we coll- like collectively need to work on. So I think that that's a really key way to frame it for teachers. And it also honors them as educators and knowing their students, which is like of the utmost importance in this work. Right. So thank you for that.
2: That's helpful. Of course. And you know, it's, it's, you know, it's more than just noticing where, where are my students strengths, but you know, you start to see that um, because you get to repeat that process so much, your expectations can grow and grow and grow. So in a notice and wonder if they're, if they're, noticing and wondering with just one word answers. And then eventually you're building into sentences and then they're responding with more complex sentences or they're starting to look deeper. Um, That's where you as the teacher start to raise the bar on your own. Um, And so you can have fun with that and you can know, well, we've got another one of these coming up. We get another focusing question task. And last time we were here. And so we're going to try to get here. So it's great that with with a program like this, you can also look at that goal setting as being a huge part in how you shift your practice practice, and continue to improve.
1: Um, Matt, I'm looking right now at the blog post that um, you had with the and Wisdom blog. And one of the things that stuck out to me when I was reading that was the joy of learning. And you sort of touched on it a little bit, but I thought it was really interesting because you talked about you, know, you saw a lot of joy amongst your students in learning, um, but also the teachers. And I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about that because that really struck me when I read that, that blog.
2: Well, we, I'll, I'll speak to one specific teacher and then I'll, I'll get into some others. But we do, we do have a, a thespian in our building and she's very passionate about uh, acting and, and play script and she does a drama club every year. And it was just really a lot of fun to see what she brought to um to the lessons in wit and Wisdom so she's a fourth grade teacher that taught American Revolution and of course she had a Boston Tea Party and her students were full-on talking in British accents and oh my gosh had- I of- hope
1: you recorded it
2: <laughs> I was able to attend and I'm very fortunate to be able to attend because uh, I don't know where she gets it from but you know of course she has a collection of props as well right she brought <laughs> oh in you know, the, the fancy it's cups tea cups and everything and um, you know, she had the costume ready to go and man, did her class just have a great time and really, you know, really become those characters from the American Revolution during the Boston Tea Party. And it, it just, you know, for me, that's so satisfying to see because um, you see someone just really embracing what what it's all about. You know, it, it's very hard um, as a kid to get excited about history. I know when I visited the Capitol as a kid couldn't, do, it didn't do anything for me. Um, Now I'd love to go back as an adult. But again, that's just yeah. like, that's just seen for it for what it is. But to to bring it to life and experience it on your own, that's a huge difference. And uh another teacher, her passion, I would say is book clubs, you know, meeting with with book groups and, and having book discussions and things like that. And what this program offers for sixth grade, um, she just fell in love with the discussions, right? So they get to look at that text together and, and participate in Socratic seminar. And, um, for her, it's like, it's like her hobby, you know, she's already doing this outside of school and it's something that she does for, um, you know, just for a mental break and to, and to, and to, you know, have some, some time to do things she loves to do outside of teaching. And for her, it was just, she brought that to her classroom. And, and last year that was, that was such a fun class to watch. We, we typically struggle with sixth grade. Um, being, being the, the kids in the building that think we're leaving, we, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna run this, run this school. And last year they were just the sweetest group. And I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, they felt, they felt pretty good about themselves and, and, and the way that they were learning reading and, and that whole two hours in the morning that they spent talking about books and, and really knowing what, knowing all about the Dust Bowl and, um, and Shackleton and Malala and sharing it with all of us. And they would just look up vocabulary words and use them. And sometimes it wasn't done the right way. But it was just funny to hear them try and say, Hey, you know what? I want to make my paper better. I, I see how how much I know. Um, and I'm gonna to try to just really impress people. So that's just another way. And and she would get a kick out of it and and leave papers on our desks, my myself and and our principal Jenny, um, of just these these great papers that she was so proud of to see her students uh, um, produce. So, um, there were tears at some meetings because, uh, teachers would know kids, um, from pre from primary grade levels and just think, man, they've struggled for so long. And now look at this five paragraph essay that they've got oh, talking wow. about, um, talking about the dust bowl and using these, these sentence structures. And, and it was just, it was pretty emotional. I think everybody, uh, you know, from the teacher's side of things, very, um, very encouraging. Very encouraging to see.
1: That's so amazing, and you know, and it's so funny because when you say something like, "I'm like the Dust Bowl," like it's not something you think sixth graders today would be. <laughs> that's that's what's going to like get them interested and going. But... The hot topic, right? <laughs> right? Yeah,
2: very curious. And and you know what? Their favorite their favorite book was actually. She told me it was Blood River, and I was just thinking, or Blood on the River. I'm sorry. Um, I was just thinking, wow, of all those, you know, you'd think maybe the hero's journey or maybe the, um, yeah, sure. Mariana, the, the yep. mythology, but that's what I it, would have guessed <laughs> on the river. And, and yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, they would, they would just like full on history, right? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I was thinking very historical. That's what yeah. went through my brain when you said it's very historical.
2: Yeah. Well, and I would, I would talk to, I had breakfast duty in the morning, so they come in for breakfast to eat. Um, and I would know that they were working on blood on the river. And so I would, you know, give him an elbow bump and, and ask him questions about John Smith. And, um, I would, I would ask where <laughs> they are in the book. And, and one day, very surprisingly, I, you know, two, two, of my, two of my good friends were sitting together from sixth grade and, um, and, and they were you're know, talking about blood and river and where they are in the text. And one of them looks at his friend and he goes, well, he's already finished the book and he wasn't supposed to, he read ahead. And, and this, this was one of those students that people were always kind of like, you know, he's, he's a, he's a tough one, you know, he, he's not, he got to have to have something different for him, distracting (laughs) and whatever else. Great kid, just very, very outspoken. And, and to see him just, you know, take that text and say, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to go home and read this on my own and not play on, on my video games and, and watch YouTube all night. Yeah. But it was, it, it's that kind of thing that happen those things that happen, um, that you're, you're thinking, yeah, this is, this is making a big difference and not just on paper, but, um, it's making a difference in the lives of the kids that you're, that you're working with.
0: Yeah. I always think when students are that excited that I can't help, but think that the delivery from the teachers was really invigorating and exciting to you because, you know, I think we've, when we see kids who are that excited to read a book, that they're going to go home and finish the book. I mean, we all have kids who are going to do that just generally, but lots of kids don't. You know, it's easier to play outside or play a sport or, as you said, play an, uh, an Xbox or whatever it might be. But when kids are that pumped, I think the excitement really stems from the teacher too and what the teacher is bringing to the classroom in terms of, um, the excitement for the text and the tasks, and and making it incredibly fun and just a, a great experience for the kids. Um, so I'm wondering if you like had stepped into any classrooms and like outside. I love the Boston Tea Party and and every like those are that they're incredible stories. But I'm wondering, I feel like you might have like one or two more that you could share because they're, I mean, I love listening to them, and I'm ready to move there and put Presley in fourth grade. So. <laughs>
2: It's, it's it's you're absolutely right, and I, I I bet I could think of an example in in every single classroom, um, but you start to see you know you 've got four modules, and in in every single grade you 're focusing on something different in all four of those, so you start to see when when a unit or a module is coming up that a teacher is very, very excited about because they have some connection to it, whether or not it was something that they that they love to read about as a kid or just something that they 're passionate about in general. Um, you start to see them take that module and really make it um, make it exciting in their own way. So when we had immigration in third grade, you know, we, we had a teacher who took some 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 paper and really made it like look old and yellow and wrinkly. And so they were writing these letters to um, I don't remember exactly what the task was. It was something uh, about a letter from Ellis Island or something like that um, that they were writing letters on. And it was just it. It was just so different, Um, and she was very excited about it. You know, she spent the extra time there um, to really plan this wonderful lesson and prepare these materials, just so their their kids had a taste of it. And then it was displayed out in the hallway, so it it was just fun to see things like that. And then, you know, the again, I I'll be honest, third grade is my favorite with the space unit and 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 about the so fun, isn't it? It's amazing. And last year, you know, we we. We actually got to see, you know, we had the Mars rover landing, right? So um, that and then studying all about space, like I had to, you know, just talk to a bunch of people in my building and just say, how how perfect is this timing that now as the whole world is getting excited about space again? Um, I mean, I know as a kid, we, we loved NASA and things like that, but then it sort of disappeared. And now that we've got all these people that are trying to fly into space and create rockets and um, you have the Mars <laughs> rover landing. It couldn't have been better timing to just uh to have a unit on space and to see our third graders like almost start to be the the knowledge experts in the building, these little eight and nine-year-olds. Um yeah. and then the teachers make more more of that part of what's happening in the real world with with the with the landing and then what with Elon Musk is doing and um and then all these other people that are excited about going to space. It just it's, it, you saw the fit with the, with the real world. And that's, that's another thing is, is, you know, these, these other ELA programs that are saying, well, now you got to help them connect it to the real world. Well, when you're, when you're talking about some fictional characters that aren't really characters, but maybe have some sort of like animalistic quality or something like that, or, you know, just, um, you know, don't really have real life things happening to them. Uh, it becomes really challenging but here, mm-hmm. there's not a single module that I would say you can't say that something is going on that you can connect it to. Um, and, and so I think, you know, for, for teachers, that was another thing that just brought together the excitement and helped them be more passionate about it um, because it was, it was fun to share and fun to help the kids make the connections where they may not be reading the news and know everything that's happening. But as an adult, I do. And so, yes, we're learning this together but I've got this other piece of information that I'm going to insert in here for you. Um, I think that just, that makes teaching fun. You know, if you can be Mm -hmm. that person that, that changes their, their world and helps them be more passionate about something, discover more about themselves, that's powerful. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I think too, like, um, even if the texts don't necessarily always, you know, aren't the ones that make the connection. Cause I'm thinking of, uh, like, Midsummer Night's Dream and eighth grade right like because i always think of shakespeare because i was middle school and high school um and that the kids would ask that question like why are we reading this like you know that that question of why and right. and i'll be honest like especially in beginning of years of teaching i didn't really have an answer like we're reading it because it's Shakespeare's <laughs> supposed to right like that's just like what we're supposed to be reading yeah um, but i think like this curriculum it gives them that whole essential question and they're talking about like what is love and like you know there's this connection of like well this that that relates to me and my world. And I want to, I want to read this for that reason, right? There's, it's not the, yeah. you're just reading this text because this is the text we read in fourth grade and we've always read it. So <laughs> we have to read it. You,
0: you know what that makes me think about Melissa, when like in seventh grade, there's the whole exploration of identity all throughout different time yep. periods. And then in eighth, you know eighth grade, what that one module is, what is love? I just think if every person could explore these topics early on, like circling back to our very very earlier conversation about um, Adam Grant, I was listening to Armchair Expert, and um, one of the guests was talking about identity. And oh my gosh, I forget who it was. I'm gonna have to look it up. Maya, Maya something, Maya K. I can see her face, but it, she was talking about identity, and um, I just was like, this. If everyone could have had that experience to explore the concept of identity for a whole year when you were like 13, (laughs) how much better would the world be right now? Like we would have, we would be better citizens. I feel like we'd all be better people. And then to explore deeper concepts, like what is love and, you know, big overarching ideas like that. When you're 14 or, you know, 13 or 14, just the thinking about those things, like those really deep topics at, at a younger age, I think really helps you not only see better inside yourself but it helps you see the world in a different way that is uh, much more responsive as a citizen in a society. So I feel like what you described Matt is like it's just super exciting that te- that teachers are embracing all of those things.
2: Well and I think you said something really important and just that you 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 mentioned deep topics and I can just think of you know in terms of making a connection and and, and wondering why why am I studying this? You know, When you get a chance to go deep on anything, you're going to find a connection somewhere in there or you're going to build on something that you already know about and see it in a different way. So I think about the seasons unit in grade two um, and just, you know, you know, how how does change impact seasons and and weather and things like that? Um, But but, you know, I wouldn't have to to read books to answer that question in my own way. Um, but then when you start to appreciate it in a different way, you read books like Sky Tree, and you see the art and you see just like, I think, you know, one thing, uh, absolutely. We don't spend enough time appreciating nature. Um, and we don't stop to, to observe the world right now because we're all so busy and moving so fast. Even in
1: Colorado?
2: uh, Well, that's, (laughs) that's my point. I mean, you know, we, last year we even did, um, we did a survey where we we monitored students' physical activity, not Clayton individually, but the whole district. Just concerned that they're going to be stuck inside, and what opportunities do they have to get out, and what's yeah. the impact going to be on them? Um, and and so you know that's just another way of just saying like when you are reading text and you're going deep with any kind of topic, um, I don't think that you tr- fully understand it when you just get a basic understanding. You've actually got to go to a different level with it. I know for me with leadership, you know, I can't just read one book. I've got to read 50 books and listen to yeah. hundred podcasts just to get different perspective and make connections from all different places. Um, so totally. that, I think that's important, really going deep, even if it is classical literature, even if it is Shakespeare, um, you don't know where it's gonna where it's going to make sense for you. Um, and so, you know, even for me, this program has taught me well, hey, you know, I, I've been reading a lot of nonfiction. I need to go back and maybe read some classics or not start to explore some other literature um, because maybe my perspective needs to change on some things. So um, I think that's important that you said going deep in a topic.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think I think people don't realize that that does help bring the joy, right? When students can feel like they're learning so deeply about something and then feeling confident about you know, now I know this, all this about space, or I know all this about the American revolution that I didn't know before. That's, that's some confidence that I don't think I had when I was little.
2: Well, holding a you know, conversation was tough. Answering the question, what did you do in school? Was yeah. a challenging question. <laughs> I don't know. I oh confused. my
0: gosh. It was so difficult, wasn't it?
2: It was. I, I don't know. Yeah. So I, I transferred my son here two days ago, third grade. Oh, wow been going to Yay! school. In my district Oh my gosh, for,
0: third grade.
2: Oh, my, yep. <laughs> see, perfect time. To change. <laughs> I, uh, I transferred him here and you know, we, he, he does a program, um, in, in his school, the schools that he went to and, um, it was fine. But again, like I couldn't ask him what he was learning and reading. And if I did, it was one text one day and something completely different the next day, totally yeah. unrelated. Um, and yesterday we're driving home from his first day of school and he says, "Dad, did you know that the wave wasn't actually painted?" And he's talking about the <laughs> the photo of the Japanese yeah. wave and, uh, that they look at, and we have the that woodblock print, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, the woodblock um, print, yeah.
2: And then he gets into all these details about how it was done, and I said, <laughs> "Wow, like, did you just pay attention?" And he said, "No, we had a discussion about it." And so he was all hyped up to talk to me for ten minutes, and my you know my eight year old doesn't want to tell me more than two things that happened, you know, a kid got in trouble and we had, (laughs) um, but this was, this was, I'm jumping right into this very interesting, uh, piece of knowledge that I want to share with you. That's Um, and you're absolutely right, Melissa. It's, it's, it's a different kind of confidence that they're not used to having. Um, and that was the fun for me last year. I was in the lunchroom a lot. I knew what they were studying. So I would talk to every kid and I'd say, Hey, what, 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 did you think at the end of, uh, Amos and Boris? Was that, was that sad? Why was it sad? And, you know, they, they'd have a discussion with me and tell me and say, well, I almost cried and really why? <laughs> and so it's just that type of thing that they're, they're so comfortable with it. And, um, and they really get to kind of share their opinions and what's excited them. And, um, that wasn't like that before it was not even close.
1: Very Cool. Well, Lori, is it time? I think so. What do you <laughs> want to do first? How should,
0: how should we end this? You want you wanna do advice or you wanna do question?
2: Let's do question. Yeah. All right.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna flip my cards.
2: All right. Love being put on the spot.
0: Oh. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> this is funny. All right. So I will give you two choices in case you don't want to do your um, the, one of them. So we, this com, comes to you courtesy of Poddex, which um, you can thank some other podcasts that I was listening to. <laughs> <I found> these. <laughs> All right. Two choices. Share your bucket list or what is your morning inspirational pep talk for, to yourself? Teeth. Ooh. it might also be like a mantra or something
2: right so those are both really They're really jealous. good um and my bucket list it's endless I mean <laughs> I could go on forever and that's that's one thing to know about me is that um I get I get pretty bored pretty easily. And so I need an, a challenge and excitement all the time. So it's been everything from, I'm going to run an Ironman by the time I'm 40 to I'm going to do the whole Colorado Trail by the time I'm 40, um, you know, in terms of exercise. But I want to travel. I've never been to Europe. And so yeah. I'd love to travel and, um, and, and see these other places in particular, all, I've, all that I've learned around art. Um, that would be very exciting mm. for me. Um, I, I want to start a program. This is kind of off of the teaching thing, but, uh, exercise and fitness is my other passion. Um, and it's, it's how I relax and unwind and, um, and, and just, you know, do some of the things that I love to do as a kid. And I have a Spartan program here, it's called, and it's, um, based off the Spartan race. And I do my own kids version of it. And it really blew up this last year. And we got to, to actually do the race, the Spartan kids race. Um, and we did the Tough Mudder race together as a group and we did the Rugged <laughs> Maniac. So, um, so cool. I would love to eventually make that a much bigger program and, and impact more than just uh, Clayton kids, but um, the entire world, if, if I'm being honest. Um, just write something that people can use to um, really motivate kids and push them to their their physical limits as uh, controversial as that is sometimes. Um, but you should see how much they, they can actually push themselves because I think that makes a huge difference in, in who they become um, and the yeah. confidence that they just take with them out into the world.
1: It's so funny because I oh feel like gosh. it's very similar to what we were talking about <laughs> through woo- yeah. through and wisdom, right? But on a physical level. Absolutely. <laughs> I love
0: it. So you're, you're talking to the right girls. Melissa um, is a yoga Gal, and I totally love to lift and, and run and stuff. I feel like we could help you with your Baltimore chapter.
2: Please do. <laughs>
0: yeah. If you tell us what to do, we will start it up. I, I, I feel like I would love to, that would be amazing. I would totally be into that. I'd love to do that.
2: So I'll share with you an article that was written about the program. It's on spartan.com, but it's all about what we do. But in there is okay. the actual workouts that we do with kids um, okay. and, and how they pass to different levels um, in, in their, in their fitness game. Um, so yeah, yeah I will absolutely share that with you and cool. you help me get started in the Baltimore side.
0: <laughs> I love it. We'll go, we'll go East and kind of westish, like mountainish coast. That would be amazing.
2: <laughs> and and I, I think I wanna, that's so amazing. It's, it's so much fun and it truly is something that, um, just breaks up the day and it, for the school, what it does in the community is equally as powerful. So, you know, parents will talk to me about that before they even sometimes talk about what we're doing in school with instruction. Um, And just what a difference it's made for their kid who, you know, never thought that they could, you know, do a hundred burpees or, um, you know, a pull up or whatever it is. And now they're out running Spartan races in 95 degree heat and running two (laughs) and a half miles uh climbing ropes. So it's That's it's, amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely oh, cool. been a big difference maker.
1: Awesome. All right. So now <laughs> you've had time to think about your advice. <laughs> so if you um, have one piece of advice that you leave for our listeners, I'm assuming probably some school leaders that you might want to leave some advice for, but whatever it might be.
2: So this is wit and wisdom re- related.
1: Usually, but okay. or you can you know. leave life advice. I mean, we're down for anything on this podcast. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I will, I will, I will say for me, and this goes back to one of the questions I answered earlier, and for everybody else, uh, I truly believe uh, that you can't go in being the expert all the time, and you, um, you always have to be willing to learn because if you go in with a learning mindset, no matter what, it doesn't matter who you're observing—a first-year teacher, a 25-year teacher you're going to pick up some piece of information or some, something great um, that you're going to be able to take with you, share with others, and, 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 and learn yourself. Um, I can't tell you just the number of ideas I've been able to, to gather from others by just always going in ready to learn and not thinking, I hold all the knowledge. Uh, that, that goes for when you're uh, with wit and wisdom, um, because you're not teaching it, they are. Uh, so you got to be ready to, to, to learn about that. And then um, just anything that you're doing at your school, um, you know, they, there's always so much to learn. And um, if you're all, if you're stuck in that, that mindset of, I've got to, I've got to have all the knowledge, I've got to know everything. Uh, you're setting yourself up for failure and it just doesn't make the job fun. So um, that would be my advice. And, and I think it, having that type of mindset will, will always make your day exciting. And um, then you can share with your family what you learned in school that day.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And that goes right back to uh, the Adam Grant book, right?
2: (laughs) Unlearn and rethink.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Come back, come full circle on this one. (laughs)
2: Right. And I have one question for you.
1: All right. Yeah.
2: Are you going to make t-shirts or hats or bandanas that we can, that we can wear that, that show this is the uh, Melissa and Lori podcast?
1: So funny. We were just talking about this recently, and I was like, who would buy those? <laughs> I, I know. And I've been trying to convince like, Melissa. That, buy that we should do this. Laurie, Laurie says well, yes. I think you'd be surprised.
2: You know, <laughs> kids are all about the merch that they see on YouTube. They call it merch.
0: And just, and just <laughs> no, because, thank you.
2: Yeah. Somebody, you have a
0: kid the same age as me. You totally get it.
2: Right. Right. Just because somebody call it a video, you want a shirt. So
0: <laughs> do you watch, do you watch Jordan matter? That's my favorite one. Cause it's totally clean and, and
2: awesome. I will check on that one. So that would be, I'd have to check okay, with check my, on that my third and my ninth grader. Uh, but I, I will, I'll check on that.
0: Yeah. I, but like, he's like, it's like the 10 second, 10 minute photo challenge shirt buy this merch. I'm like, what the heck is merch? But right.
1: I, th- <laughs> I totally think we should right, get into right. merch, Melissa. Well, yeah. I mean, um, now I I'm telling you. If Matt asked us about <laughs> it, then <laughs> now I'm convinced.
0: <laughs> maybe you could, maybe you can be our like prototype. You can say like, oh, I like this shirt material or I like this
2: hat. There you go. Oh, well, yeah. I got, I got a I gr- I got a teacher here who does our shirts every year. She's phenomenal. So if you've got a logo already thought up, um, we'll make that happen.
0: Awesome. Okay, <laughs> we would love that. For sure. <laughs> thank you so much, Matt. This is so much fun, and we can't wait to uh, to really hear about how your year is going. We'll have to check back in.
2: Yeah, Very excited, sure. and I'll I'll keep you updated. And um, thank you both for for uh, for talking with me today, and
1: absolutely, and, and, and about Clayton. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is so much fun. Thank you.
2: Thank right. you. Yep. You guys have a great day.
1: You too. You too.
0: Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening, Literacy Lovers. Be sure to visit our website to subscribe to our newsletter and podcast. It's literacypodcast.com.
1: Yep. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Most of them are at Literacy Podcast.
0: Yes. And please, please, please reach out to us. Melissa, what's our email address?
1: melissa and Lori at literacypodcast.com is our email address and we love getting emails from you all and <laughs> Lori we and really i really read them yeah and we, we really, really respond fun. <laughs> we just love we love when you all reach out and we, we get to have conversations with you so please please email yep. us
0: let us know what you're thinking what you're thinking about literacy what you're thinking about
1: ideas for us to podcast about
0: yes ideas for <laughs> podcasting anything we we love to hear from you what you liked what you want We're here for you.
1: Mostly, you all are asking questions, which is great. (laughs) Yeah.
0: We don't mind that either. Yes. We're so glad you're here to learn with us. Thank you, everybody.